Hello again for our weekly video game chat. I've got some writers from the website and a video game to talk about. Come and join the gang of reviewing artisans. See it from every angle. This week, I've got with me Alex Beach and Chris Jarvis from the website and special guest Ian Simons. We're going to be talking about flour. So we've got a couple of people here to talk about flower. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves. Alex Beach, I'm a scare gamer for game people, and uh, I write about games from a scary viewpoint because I got fascinated with it while I was at uni and studying psychology. Hello, I'm Ian Simons. I, uh, I'm the director of the Game City Festival in Nottingham, and I uh, I write about video games and run the National Video Game Archive with with a number of other people. Hi, I'm Chris Jarvis. I write the Novel Gamer column for GamePeople.co.uk. Flower is a game that gets talked about quite a lot. For us, why is this a game that we find exciting? It's a real kind of breath of fresh air, I think, from other games. It's very different, and it's quite literally. <laughs> Get that out of the way at the beginning. I wanted to do a drum roll on it. <laughs> uh, it's it's one of those games that whenever I show it to people, um, particularly you know if you've, you've got friends who are a lot of gamers and they play a lot of games, I think they're used to the kind of standard things of driving and shooting and things being very hectic. And the thing that strikes them straight away, they all say, "Oh, it's really relaxing," and that mm. it is a game that you can play that isn't gonna. You know, you're not going to get game rage. You're not going to uh, end up with tired hands from a long session of playing it. Um, one one friend even said to me, "Is this a stoner game?" And, you know, they said, "You, <laughs> you know, need to be intoxicated you know, to play it." Right. Absolutely. So, and, and it is sometimes you just feel a bit too mentally tired to play other games. Uh, and Flower is is perfect to just kind of sit and and even if you want to kind of put the controller down and just watch what's going on. Uh, it's one of those games that, that you can kind of do that. It's, it's it's very zen, I think is the word. I really liked its um, it, it, its commitment to what it is. It's just a stupid thing to say, but you, you know you do get the sense that this is exactly what they wanted it to be. And you know, for better or for worse, it's um, it, you know it, it, it's really complete. I think in the way that it's in the way that it's been realised. Um, so you know, in that regard, it kind of serves like you know, kind of literally as 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 a poster child for a certain kind of um, art game, I guess. Um, I, I don't like that phrase, but you know, it's, it's it's become really emblematic of the kinds of things that you could do with video games that weren't necessarily, as you know, as Chris says, kind of driving or shooting or fighting. Although I'd argue that maybe it is a driving game, but um, but yeah, I, I think it's been inc- incredibly. Um, Kind of powerful, really, is a symbol of that, and it, and it's and it's great that um, Sony would get behind something like this in the way that they have to, to attempt to kind of, I guess, sort of expand the boundaries a bit of what a mainstream a mainstream console could be. However, I think the kind of danger with that, I think we said this when we were talking about Limbo, is everyone rushes out of PS3 expecting to see more Flower, they're going to be a little bit disappointed. Yeah. So what next after you've played Flower? So, mm. but, um, what you're saying that's really interesting but do you think do you think it was successful in doing that so it committed to what it was wanted to do do you think that was a wise commitment and uh yeah completely i mean i think it was there's, there's lots of things i think that are quite radical about it but none more so than it's um 
than its length, really, and the fact that it is—it feels like it's intended to be played through, like, like ideally intended to be played through in one sitting. So you know, there's a clear kind of arc to it. There's a clear kind of act structure to it, uh, and there's a really, really clear um, resolution to it. And you know, to make a single experience that is, you know, what just under an hour long, if you if if you're good at it. Um, yeah, if you're quick. <laughs> is I think really exciting that there would be something as kind of time bound as that. Um, I kind of almost wish they talked about it as being a complete experience more because um, I think that's quite exciting. Yeah, because what gets picked up on in reviews and conversations about it is often the way it looks rather than the way it plays. And a lot of the things you're saying there a sort of video game structure and length, which is a completely different thing. Um, but the two seem to go hand in hand, I guess. Yeah, it's not to subtract from the fact that it's really beautiful because it, you know, because it is, but that's, that's kind of obvious. Probably the more interesting things about it for me are, are less the, the kind of aesthetic things, but the, but the structural things. So, Alex, let me bring you in. How did you find Flower? It's a hard thing to define for me, really, because, I mean, I, I concede it's a game, um, but I would disagree that I ever really play it. I'm more just kind of, well, as Chris said, I just kind of sit and chill in front of it. And it, it's been, it, I find it incredibly relaxing. I, I have since I got it, and I didn't know 100% what to expect from it because I'd heard quite a lot about it coming up to its release originally. I'd heard about it, but I didn't fully conceive of what it was. And when, it did find, when I did finally get it, I was suddenly confronted with a game that was relaxing and kind of the closest you can get to actually being with nature while sat in front of a computer, which is something I really needed at the time because I was stuck in a very grey city, very feeling very industrialised and oppressed. And I could put this in and just kind of sit there and be like, oh, it sounds like air blowing and grass rustling in front of me. And it was... Yeah, it was far more enjoyable to experience than it was to play. Yeah, so the way you talk it, about it, it there, it seems yeah. like it's almost holding a spot like a, um, an album, a music album would, or a book, rather than the sort of experience you'd normally associate with a video game. Yeah, yeah, there was there was none of the tension, none of the kind of competition that gaming normally inspires. It was just, I'm going to put this in, and I'm going to sit in front of it, and when I want to interact with it, and when I want to do what it's setting out for me to do, I will. And when I don't, for the most part, I'm fine to do that also. I can just relax. Mm. For, for me, though, there was a bit of that. Um, but as I played it, I was starting to realise, oh, this doesn't look like a video game in many ways. And if you describe it as you're controlling a flower petal flying through a landscape, most people are like, oh, that sounds odd. Is that fun? <laughs> um, actually, what happens is you, it does end up becoming it's like almost like a driving or a platform game where you're working through the landscape you're collecting things to unlock each bit of the level and it progresses in a very video gamey sort of way and obviously it's into chapters as ian said what started for me as a very different experience actually became something which was very much a video game but had an unusual feeling so and particularly the endings as sort of as you finish each level and like let's say in that first one where the tree blooms and the, it uses the rumble on the controller to sort of give you some feedback in your hands it's quite a moving experience i remember remember actually feeling like a real emotion to it that in a way that wasn't connected to story wasn't trying to use other media sort of tricks but actually just in terms of being a game actually had gained had engaged me emotionally yeah definitely and i think that's deliberate and i think there are certain key words and phrases that they they, they the, the game uses very little language and i think what's very powerful about it is how much story it conveys without really getting into you know a lot of traditional writing Mm. Um, and I know that it's been talked about as an art game and I think that is interesting because if you look at the way static art communicates 
by sort of putting ideas next to each other and allowing that contrast to come through. I think Flower does that by contrasting grey cityscape that's part of the opening with these lush fields. And I think the key words that it does drop in, and I'm, I was thinking about it and I was trying to remember where these words are actually inserted, whether it's just the trophy system or whether there's actually, when you first come to it, whether there's more text, I honestly can't remember. But there are words like sort of purification and dream and uh, sort of escape. And I think they summon up quite basic emotions about just sort of getting away from it all. And I think having that feeling of seeing this this quite lifeless outdoor scene brought to kind of lush verdant life with a sort of with a with a rumble of music and a you know and a, and a vibrate in your hands i think is quite a powerful theatrical moment almost and i think yeah, it does really. you know, it is it is incredible it's very well directed because because i found it really really game-like I, and i feel like maybe i found it i, I so listening to you guys, I, I sort of feel like I, I possibly found it more game-like than than, than everyone else here in that respect. Because like, did you not find that it, it almost feels like there should be, if you like, another like, kind of declared mode within the game, which is about just flying around and exploring. So I'd really contest that the game is just about flying around and exploring in the way that it really, really kind of declares there's a circle of flowers that you have to then, you know, kind mm. of light up to get to the next bit. It's so coded as a game that actually the the time that you could spend or, or the kind of freedom with which you can fly around and e- e- explore uh, with it, you know within the game structure as it is feels to me felt really quite kind of narrow because it's just so ex- it's so explicitly a game um albeit one that's kind of aesthetically doesn't really like when you play before necessarily i don't think uh the exploration is i mean i don't think it was exploration i don't think that's what i experienced when i was uh playing it i think it was more a kind of just the ability to be there rather than to explore. Right. I think if it, if it was an exploration road, I think you'd very quickly find how limited the actual world was. And it, it's the finding it, and it is the opening the flowers that are in the world that is enjoyable about it when you do come back to mm. be with the game, to actually do something within it. If it were just an empty world that you could just go, just explore, I think it would be, I think it would lose something. I think it's something about having those little goals in it that certainly yeah. are do bring gameplay into it more than the exploration I was experiencing. You sort of do end up doing quite a bit of gaming work, really, don't you? You're, you're doing the collection and you're working out what to do next. Um, but I, w- I would have liked that if you'd, once you'd finished it, it to say, okay, there you go, you can now just enjoy the environment as a whole. Because I know that there's quite a few like hidden nooks and crannies and you know trophies to collect. And in fact, I played it before the trophy system was uh, enabled or provided on PS3. Um, so I think a lot of the signposting that was added later on, I didn't get. So um, mm. it was just down to me to actually do the legwork and find all the different hidden areas and almost sort of scoring points. And that, that's another interesting aspect as well, isn't it? You go back to the sort of living room with the flower pots on the on the desk and you get awarded a point um, for how well you've done, which is essentially how many of the petals or leaves end up in the flower pot. It is quite gamey. And there's a tension, isn't there? Because <laughs> the way it looks mm. and the way it feels isn't what we expect of a video game. And for me, that makes me sort of suspect that Flower's been very instrumental, really, in sort of suggesting actually games can be something different and really saying they can walk their own path and create emotions in, on their own terms rather than drawing in tricks of the trade from films and books. I, th- I think we'd all agree that games can generate emotions, um, but but it's, it, I think it's expanding the range of what they might be is what Flower did that's important. And, and, it's probably, mm-hmm. and I think it's important we don't, you know, kind of conflate 
those ideas, you know, gears of war creates an emotion, right? Uh, um, I, I think I think it's more that this begins to hint that there might be other things, other um, states that games are capable of um, uh, engendering in the player. God, I couldn't think of the right word. As an index of that, you know, it, it's almost kind of sad really that Flower is, Flower is held up as this kind of extraordinary, um, you know, kind of pioneering, uh, pioneering kind of front of what games might be, of a game that might make you feel that way. Um, and that it's been, you know, it was, what, 2010 until that, or 2009 until that, um, until that came to pass. I mean, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, and the sense that it's like, oh, that was odd. Anyway, back to the shooting, <laughs> you know, and you just sort of carry on with, rather than perhaps... I think that's the thing. Yeah, and it, and it kind of becomes, a, you know, a kind of a sort of a fetish object almost. Um, as, uh, and kind of along with Limbo is, you know, this, this is that game that makes you feel serene. Brilliant. Um, uh, and, and, and it is brilliant, but it, but it kind of, the, I think the, the danger with that is that it does become a kind of, kind of almost kind of ghettoized as this service to the breadth of gaming that, um, that needs to be kind of followed up on, you know, by, by some other, I think, kind of mainstream developers other than just, um, than just TGC. Yeah. I'm not sure what I'm saying. I think I'm just moaning <laughs> about games again. Yeah. Well, that's always I fun, d- isn't it? There's lots to moan about. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting uh, comparison, I think, to Portal, um, because that holds, for, well, yeah. for me anyway, that holds a similar space. It's very unusual. But now just, Portal 2 coming out, um, something I'm feeling very uneasy about is that I think it's going to be a much longer and bigger experience. So I think it's going to last longer because it's a box title in its own right. I think it's going to have to. And I've just started playing it. And in some ways, I'm like playing through it thinking, I'm not sure I want this to be longer than the original. Um, and I think there's an interesting comparison there with Flower because obviously Flower was quite short and in some places criticised for being short. But I'm not sure that was a mistake. To make it short. Yeah. I find it curious because, I mean, maybe I just, you know, suck at games, but I, it took me a while to get through Flower. And I'm not sure if that's because I had that combination of sometimes bringing to it the fact that I did just want to go in and chill out and I wasn't really making progress. And I didn't feel bad about not making progress. And then there's the fact that we've, we've talked in previous podcasts about, you know, me, me liking a sort of tick list of things to, to check off sometimes. If I'm actually playing a game and I think, right, I'm going to complete this level, uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that I am not going to leave until every last flower in sight is open. And I feel very uncomfortable if I leave any unopened. Yes, that will take longer. Yeah, I think it did take me... I probably didn't see the end of the game for a week uh, of sort of evening, you know, playing it occasionally in the evening. Yeah, Uh, so what's that? Three, four hours? Yeah, yeah. And it struck me that actually, um, you know, we're talking about length and... That you know, ICO is always people always you know sort of hold ICO up as a a similar sort of experience in terms of artistry and in terms of the feelings that it evokes. Um, and ICO actually, I enjoy the fact that if you sit down and play that, you can play it start to finish in about three four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is and it is again that kind of complete experience that you can just you know if you've got a clear Saturday afternoon, you think actually I'm just going to play ICO through. Mm, and you can nice. do that start to finish yeah. whereas you know something else like and like you say about sequels i mean shadow of the colossus is an absolutely fantastic game but it's more of a commitment to say i'm going to play shadow of the colossus through because it's going to take you you know a couple of weeks or whatever whereas ico is very much almost like sitting down with a, a like a favorite movie and just just going mm. through it. yeah i like that did, we did a a uh, flower event with robin from 
um, TGC at Game City uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was, um, which was essentially she did a performance, a games of performances, and um, and she did Robin's performance of, of of playing Flower in front of an audience. In a as so the context of it was, it was this this kind of old as an old shopping centre with a big kind of Victorian dome at the top of it at night, and it was kind of projected on these hung gauzes and people throwing petals down from the roof. But I think I think the the main thing that it was 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 a theatrical performance that lasted I think around an hour that she played through and people would just lay down on the floor staring up at these gauzes just kind of watching um, this this kind of big projection of Robin playing the game and you got a real sense from that or oh, for the first time really I think I got a real sense of that that games not just the games are performances but they can be performed and kind of spectated in a different kind of way to you having you know something invested in a in a competitive game and the length for that and the kind of arc um, of it became really, you know, obviously kind of really important, really kind of really heightened because you were watching it as a as, as an audience event. But I think the 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 commitment um, to something that can be experienced in that length of time, and to put aside that hour, to, you know, to kind of be walked through the narrative or emotional arc of you know everyone who describe it, what that might be, is is really exciting. I, I'm really, I think, you know, kind of Chris's idea of the revisiting the favorite movie again on a Saturday afternoon or what that might be is that that really chimed for me with this and, no, and actually knowing that you only need to spend an hour with it is a real virtue you know sometimes it's like, like you know the big criticism of um of interactive fiction as it used to be you know compared to a book quite often was that you just don't know where the you don't know how much more you've got left to go mm. um and sometimes you you know you want to hold the book in your hands and know how many pages are left because you know you've only got you've only got a few hours um and i think that's a really i think it's really something to be applauded yeah yeah I like that and i really enjoyed the event as well i was there at game city it really affected the space so as people came into that space, that a little sort of temporary community felt like it had been set up to experience um, this playthrough of the game. And people would come in off the street, maybe not knowing what, what was actually happening, and would just end up sort of lingering. And there was somebody um, actually sort of doing drawings of what it was, people taking pictures and video. Um, and it almost became, it sounds a bit heavy-handed, but it almost became sort of a sacred space. Um, and the whole experience of that, the only thing I had to compare to it um, was my background in church and it sort of I use this phrase game church not so much to sort of try and put a set of values onto it but um just to say that there was something here created that we didn't really have a word for I really enjoyed that not a lot of games create a space for you where you can kind of sit back and take stock of what it is that that kind of gaming puts you through if you like i mean that's i suppose if you're making the comparison with church i mean that's what i suppose what church does is kind of give you time to reflect and meditate on mm. you know your kind of life and i think in some respects flower is like that in the sense that it gives you space to take it at a slightly different pace and actually maybe spend some time thinking about how you game personally you know what your personal approach mm. to gaming is i mean like me with the fact that you know if i see an unopened flower you know i have to scour the map to make sure i've got them all and it's kind of it actually made me more aware i think <laughs> of yeah. how i play games sometimes um and i actually almost but i think this is the but i i'm similar to you chris in that respect i do like to achieve everything within a game i i want to try and do everything but with flower it was one of the few games where i could play and then when I didn't finish a level, I'd be like, well, maybe I don't want to today. I'm fine not bothering. I'm, I was absolutely fine to not achieve anything or at all. I would be, yeah. I could play it for a little while and then just turn it off. And I didn't feel that need to complete or find everything. Or yeah, and it, I like the way it's, 
it's sort of stretching the language we've got to talk about games or talk about these sort of, these experiences. Um, it's almost like we need some new words to accurately represent what flower is, um, which is something because of the experience. It's something that I did quite a lot trying to talk to other people about it. So I was interested to see, is this a game that you guys sort of thought, oh, I must go and get the wife or friends to sit in front of and experience it? And was that successful? Yeah, and uh, I was surprised. No. I was surprised. <laughs> go on, Chris. <coughs> no to the successful part, I mean. Yeah. Sorry. I was surprised by the reactions that I got. I mean, my other half really liked it. You know, she said it was beautiful. She said it was very relaxing. Um, I introduced it to another friend who's not much of a a sort of console gamer she's quite into her ds and she quite likes puzzle games and you know but she's not into the sort of gta sort of thing um and she kind of took to it and she really liked it um what i did i did a bit of a test on her because i thought this game is so self-explanatory i don't want to kind of give her any instructions i just want to see mm. how she takes to it yeah and actually, I did the same. and actually she didn't get it she didn't get that she understood the moving the controller thing but she didn't kind of get that she had to push a button to go anywhere. She was just kind of sitting and looking at this still screen. Yeah. And it was only after a couple of minutes, I realized that she wasn't just taking it in. She actually didn't know what she was meant to be doing. I said, you know, you need to kind of push a button to move. And that was the only intervention that I had to give. Yeah, and I, yeah. I did that a few times. Um, a couple of occasions, actually, I was like, oh, all you need to do to move forward is press a, press a button. And there usually a response that came back is which button? And I was like, oh, any button. And both occasions, they press, they press the PlayStation button on the controller, which is just the one <laughs> button that you can't use. Um, so I was like, I thought, I was, I thought it was pretty clever. But actually, yeah, there's a bit of a slip up there. But what's it's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Yes, it's a nice flashy button, isn't it? Press any button, I'm going to press the shiny one. <laughs> it's on the wrong platform. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see them do some stuff for um, iOS. I think they're working mm. on... I'm surprised. Well, I'm not surprised. I think for economic reasons, it obviously might make sense for them. But I'd really like to see them work on something that wasn't a console controller because it seems mm -hmm. to me to really fly in the face of everything that they're trying to do. Yeah. For, for mean, the reason you just described, Andy, it's mm -hmm. like what? What? Why would they want to give you a PlayStation controller for for the sorts of games that they make? I mean, I'm sure yeah. they wouldn't. If they had the choice, they wouldn't want to. And the context of it, I think everything they do is is more geared towards a kind of iOS-y sort of space than than a than a PlayStation. And do you think the audiences would be better there? Because um, there's a again, there's a tension in the video game spaces because people come expecting a game. I think it would have yeah more more kind of like <laughs> like bedfellows um, in the <laughs> iOS sort of place than than, than it would on, on PS3. I mean that, that's not necessarily the reason to go there. I, I just think in terms of the I think the way it feels like it's intended to you know to be consumed um, and the simplicity with which. Uh, you know, with which control schemes kind of been invested, it feels, you know, as you said, like a real threat that to have to hand someone a PlayStation controller at the end of it and say, right now, play Flower. Yeah. Everybody else who got people to play it, mm -hmm. um, what was their kind of experience with gaming? Was there any at all, or did you give it to people who were really non gamers? Well, one of the people that I got to play it. It's because it was early on when I was working with Rebecca Mays, getting her to do these video game songs, and we'd sit her down in front of a game in in the hope that she'd have some sort of emotional, creative response to it, to so be able to go away and um, write a song. And Flower is the game actually that she quotes as being one of the ones where she had the most genuine sort of emotional engagement with, and it was quite easy to go away and then do something creative in relation to. Um, and I like I've just been looking at that Flower song that she created, and it talks about having an experience that sort of communicates what it's like to be a flower. And I quite like that song. So 
you know, for her, I think it worked. It wasn't so much that. It was just the kind of... Um, I found giving it to anybody who really didn't know about games, they really struggled to, to get to grips with it. Whereas anybody who had a background in gaming, even a very slight one, uh, hmm. picked it up far more quickly and it took the kind of emotional response. Whereas other the people who, who didn't have a background, who didn't have that kind of foundation in the ideas behind gaming, hmm. struggled to take as much from it. Yeah. And in fact, but at this stage, point was, um, yeah. Rebecca didn't have a background in gaming and it was... It was pretty f fresh, so I think for her it worked. But but it yeah. looks beautiful. Does it? I mean, you would anyone would struggle to just look at the you know the kind of opening scene of level one of Flower mm. of this expansive blue sky and beautiful meadow just on a basic human level and not think oh that's, you know that's relaxing that's very beautiful um, yeah. and it's unusual to see it. And then if you've got any familiarization at all with gaming or gaming culture, you'd think the same, and then you think my, my God, this is really different to every other video game I've ever played because it's got that um, you know expansive blue sky and meadow in it, um, and it really pushes against you know if it, without everything that's happened before um it you know it obviously kind of loses a lot of that a lot of its kind of purchase that you know it needs the kind of conservative canon of everything else that's come before in order to you know in order to be what it is yeah so, yeah. so it sort of works in that gaming grammar doesn't it works off it's a real yeah i found it i, I found it people who've experienced games before really got more out of it because there's times i really felt like i was playing wipeout yeah i mean it, you, know, you, want to, you kind of fired down fired down some of the um there's a few points where it really becomes almost kind of explicitly a kind of racing game and you hit on some of the I think I think at one point you hit over kind of power up flowers that kind of accelerate you down yeah, I think yeah. you're going down a, going a chasm at one point it really felt like Wipeout or, or certainly a driving game and more than anything else I think flowers are a really beautiful driving game I think for me, what I like about it is that it's a very it's a very musical game. There's a there's a sense of musicality about it that um, is quite unique. As you fly through the flowers and they open, they kind of like release a note. Mm. There's like a chime, and if you've got a set yeah. of flowers together, as you go through them, they'll play a little tune depending on how you fly through them. And I liked the feeling that somehow as I was releasing these notes, the score itself seemed to become a bit more complex. Now, I don't know if that was an illusion. I don't know if that was just me kind of getting into it uh, too much. But, uh, but I felt like it was that it was much more musical in the way that a lot of games, the music is just background or emotion setting. I felt like I was somehow contributing to the music score. Um, and the only, similar, the only similar game I can think of is something like uh, Res, obviously very different pace, but with Res, as you played, you were kind of aware that you were you were shooting in time with the music and the things that were destroyed were kind of releasing beats and releasing notes. So it's kind of like a sort of chill out B-side to Res, if you like. I think it's... <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is what this this is what surprised me showing it to other people that I've you know I've got a I play in a band and the, one of the guys in the band is, is a bit of a gamer and I thought you know he's into gaming he's really into his music you know he likes to just sit and listen to a good album and I recommended Flower to him um, and he hated it and I have really? absolutely no explanation for why he hated it because it's if you like music Flower is one of those games that I think you should just you should just go and play because it's it's more profoundly musical than a lot of other experiences. And it's an experience and where you're, you're, you're saying you're involved in the sort of the creation of the score. I think I, when I played it, I got into that and you sort of end up almost playing it in a rhythm, which I think is encouraged by the fact you're creating the soundtrack as you go by collecting the petals. Uh, Definitely. I think what's interesting, the interesting side of that is be, like, like music, at Flowers a game that you can really like or dislike based on what it is rather than any technical aspects. Because I think everybody can agree that it, 
achieves what it does control-wise and visually incredibly well. But beyond that, it really is subjective, like music. Mm. And I suppose that's where the art comparison comes in for people. It's far more subjective than it is a, a technical piece in, as yeah. regards opinion. It was, and I love how that sort of shows up the way video game reviews want to attribute a score to it. <laughs> and it just seems ridiculous to have a conversation where someone's saying, oh, flowers are seven. Like, no, it's not seven, it's, it's an eight. <laughs> Somebody's got a breakdown and one of the things is value. And you're like, um... <laughs> yeah. Well, this was valuable. If we're looking for comparable experiences, uh, I'd say something like the original Endless Ocean on uh, Wii, uh, mm. where you've got this kind of space that you can just kind of go in and... and just enjoy sort of being there and listening to some music and looking at some fish without really uh, being too driven. Yeah, so if you were looking for something to go to after Flower, although ironically, I picked this up in what you're saying, Chris, that the Endless, Endless Ocean had a follow-up, Endless Ocean 2, um, but actually that became much more game-like and much more <laughs> driven, and you had it was much more about collecting and... Yeah, and there's fish that attack you. Yeah, and you have to, scary. You have to... I haven't played this. This sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. first one was lovely. It was a real tranquil experience. And you come to the second one with a similar sort of set of expectations. But within half an hour, you're being chased by sharks and trying to shoot them and, <laughs> and having puzzles in mazes underwater with your oxygen running out. And it God. completely changed it. It is. It's, it's, it's James Cameron's Aliens to Ridley Scott's Alien. I think that's the... Uh... Yeah, I think we've done that before. It's obviously a, has a good comparison to make. <laughs> so there you go. There's plenty to think about on Flower. Um, but the thing to do is to go and play it. That's us out of time this week. But if you'd like to keep up with us before the next podcast, you can track with the website at www.gamepeople.co.uk. You can follow us on Twitter at game underscore people. And you can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash game people. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Game People podcast was recorded for gamepeople.co.uk. The editor and producer was Andy Robertson.